This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode number 147, recorded on Sunday, January 9th, 2011, CES 2011. Geek Gamer Weekly is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. everybody welcome again for another edition of geek gamer weekly we are the uber uh, podcast for geeks and gamers where we bring you uh, the most interesting uh, news in the world of geek and uh, some you know gaming news here and there you know we like to talk about that stuff hence why we call the show uh, geek gamer weekly because it's a weekly show and this week bears no exception to the rule where we're bringing you the most engaging and knowledgeable hosts that we can ever bring you across the interwebs and first where do you find them that's a very good did question did you find some replacements for us we did we did john <laughs> starting as off uh is the before mentioned mr john kessler what's up john I'm I'm look, I'm waiting for the axe. What are you What are you looking for? What the axe to come in my back and some replacement come walking in? Oh, I think it's that, that creepy guy behind you on that poster. Yeah, I, that does kind of freak me out, especially when I'm looking at looking at the video. Like, Who's that, that guy? guy? Yeah, no one knows. Guy? No one knows. We should we should put him on like the the old uh, what uh, the the Google image verifier thing. <laughs> See if it comes up with yeah. anybody. Uh, also joining us this week. A man, uh, which last week I said who needs a, needed no introduction, but we gave him an introduction because just in case some of you out there don't know who he is, we know him, we love him. His name, J- J- Joseph Falby. John was getting a vibration of a message over there. Was, well, that's that's kind of creepy. Yeah. What's up, Joe? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Uh, we uh, we've deemed you this week uh, auction hunter. Yeah, I I saw that. <laughs> Not like a, a porn. Called MILF. No, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is fair. I did go to an auction uh, Friday night, um, so I go to, I go to one every once in a while. They're they're a lot of fun. That's right. So I keep I I said you know you got to come down one of these weekends. The place that I go to does an auction every Friday night. Well, you know they got to make that happen. Yeah, you e- should e- just even though uh, you know it, you know it depends on the job. Usually I'm I'm working I'm working yeah. on you know Fridays. So that, well, take a Friday off when you can. Yeah, that's true. Take Fridays off. Everyone yeah. should do that. Just do or it. just switch to, to four day work week. I wish that's I could do that. I don't have an option to do that, unfortunately. Oh. They don't give me that option. How you doing over there, John? Just ducky. <laughs> 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 you were waiting for that, weren't you? How was your week? Good. Yeah, actually, all right. I've been sick all week. Oh, sorry to hear that. Fine, head cold. Did you do anything fun or interesting? Um. Um, um, besides sit at home and be sick and, um, just messed around with my stereo stuff. Did you just messed around with stereo stuff? That's, yep. that's all you did? Yep. You're, you're Denon receiver? Yep. How are you enjoying that, by the way? Um, pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. I found a, a, a flu, a few little, uh, things, issues I have to work out. Have to determine whether or not it is an actual receiver issue or a cable issue, but. Well, what is it? Explain it to us. Maybe our, maybe our listeners out there could. 
Maybe one of them works for Denon. You never know. Yeah. Why don't you, you, never you know, know if it's if it's a cable? You probably just need to buy monster cables. That'll take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. right. Just monster cable. Yeah, and I and I know. I mean, Joe's pretty knowledgeable about stuff, but you know, I know he doesn't play around with home theater stuff because you know that means you'd have to sit down and actually try to enjoy it and watch it. I'm picking on you for once, Joe. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> um, no, the little issue I ran into was. With my old receiver, I was just using component, and I, the most I ever tried pushing anything uh, off my old DVD player was 1080i, and I could watch some of the HD, you know, watch HD content on the Xbox, but with the new receiver running everything directly with the HDMI cables. Now these are cables I got through Monoprice, which are supposed to be the high the high speed cable or the you know the better cables, right? And they're only the maybe the longest one is maybe five feet at the you know the longest. But the DVD player does do upscaling. When you try doing a upscale it to all the way to 1080p, it just drops the signal. No audio, no video. And the Xbox, you don't really get. You know, it it automatically likes to scale itself to that. I don't. I didn't really see that. I could actually downgrade the setting. Um, oh, if I go to Netflix, standard standard stuff I can watch. If I tried to watch any HD movies, it drops it. Same deal. I was, you know, I was thinking, John. I, I think maybe the part of the problem is that uh, it's a Denon, and maybe you shouldn't have bought a Denon. <laughs> and I think no, 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 no. Seriously, um, one thing you might want to look at. I just thought of uh-huh. is there should be somewhere in the Denon receiver where you can tell it not to up convert. And I think that could be part of the problem. You, you just want to just do it pass through. Let it do. Don't yeah, do any processing. No, I know. I, I I was went kind of through the, the settings. Right. Um, and like we kind of talked about earlier, I did do some Google searching around. Um, and I think it was the AVI forums. There, they have a a thread you know dedicated to that receiver. Some people did have issues, but you know, like somebody popped up and said, you know. It didn't seem like it was a, an actual firmware or hardware issue because not everybody has that problem. And the only difference there is, you know, either the components being plugged into the receiver or the, you know, or the TVs being used. I don't think the it's the cable. I, don't, I, I just don't think it's the cable. I, I, I don't believe it. I don't. Well, you know, the only thing on that is, John, or do you remember which revision HDMI cable you bought? Now, I went back and, and this afternoon I was, you know, I was, so one of the, uh, I I looked at the um monoprice site. You know, I have the packaging still or I have the receipt and stuff. I was looking to go, okay, well these are the cables that I got. Um they were, you know, they're, you know, they did standard. Uh, I'd have to go back now and look. And ultra, not ultra. Let me See now I wasn't quite ready to talk about this. <laughs> so I don't see have... the thing is 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 standard and ultra and those terms don't mean anything on HDMI I know. cables. Hold on a second. It's uh, the revision number. One point three A is probably the minimum. One point four just just was uh, yeah. officially now, released back in May of last year. Yeah, in, uh, I should have gotten this ready because now if you go to Blue Jean Cables, be, let me grab this Blue Jeans Cables. There we go. I'm going to throw up a link in IRC. We've got a couple people in there now so that they can read along on this. Um, there was a nice little blurb. Um, 
from Blue Jeans that was kind of interesting, and that was their whole deal about um, open that. Okay, this was an, uh, a nice little article on Blue Jeans about the whole HDMI cable bit, what the definitions mean, um, why they don't label their self-specific, you know, they don't label their cables because they said actually in the whole blue uh, HDMI licensing, part of the deal in that is you're not supposed to be labeling your cables, the 1.4, Um yeah, I mean that was an interesting little article. I mean, I read that up, read up on that, and then let me get the uh, get the mono price here. You know, now I can't join the Game Search channel because for some reason someone made the channel requiring authentication. Who did that? That seems like a silly thing to have done. Yeah, who what? did that? Someone was messing around with it probably last week. Did a minus R or plus R or whatever. I can't get into the channel now. That's Who did that? That's interesting because the only person that has rights to do that is you. I don't even know how to do that. I can't. I mean, I'm only. I'm a channel admin, but I can't like give people half, half off or. Well, I know. think someone might have told me maybe you or Joe to do a minus R or plus R. Or I don't even know how to do that. Well, I joined it. it was fine, and I'm off. Joe's in there. Why can't? Yeah, I but we're both off. Off. Yeah, Chase, off yourself. Uh, just I can't yourself. even get into the channel. <laughs> just get on. Well, off yourself on thing there. Uh, are you done with your story yet? Keep going. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. No, no. Um, I mean, you can't not. You have to keep going with the story, John. Okay, try joining it now, Chase. All right. What What did you do, Joe? I opened the channel. I told Chanserve to open it. Oh. Now Raidsoft just PM to me. It says it's also moderated. That's maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, that that's probably true. Can I join channel plus R in parentheses? It says this channel requires authentication. Well, you don't have to be in a channel to auth- can authenticate yourself. But I'm already auth. I don't understand. It says, Obviously not. Let me try that again. All right. Anyways, um, the back to the. Uh, oh yeah, and he can't. You can't speak unless you're voiced. In the channel right now, you've got the taggings are screwed up. So how do we fix that? I'm in the channel now. How do um, we, how do I'm we, working on it. You guys keep going. Okay, all right, all right. and let me uh, get back to my little HDMI story there. <laughs> okay, so the cables, 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 cables down there. Let me get down to the HDMI ones so I can see which ones I bought. <laughs> now, okay, yeah. So it's high speed. I didn't. Yeah, I, I referred to it as uh, called it wrong, but it's. Uh, Standard and high speed are the two cable, the two available cables. You know, and according to Blue Jeans, that's you know the correct, you know, labeling they should have. Um, now, whether or not that mono prices do meet up to that, I don't know. And one of the things I'm going to test, you know, I don't know if it's a, a viable test. Is I'm going to go ahead and hook up the optical audio and just run the audio through the optical and see if the video stays. Either that or I just buy a one blue jean cable, one of theirs, and give it a try. It'd be nah. interesting to find out. Here, you take one of my HDMI cables. It it shouldn't it shouldn't matter. Yeah. I would I would think I not. I don't think so. I mean I like the ones from uh Mono Price. They look fine. Right. They, 
they're gold. You know, they, I don't know. They look nice, and they claim to be, you know, to the one point four spec. But it'd be interesting to find out. You know, not all. You know, maybe not all cables are uh, created equal. I mean, we kind of know that. I mean, you don't go. Yeah, who's going to run out and buy a monster cable? A lot of people will go out and buy monster cables because they don't know any better. That's yeah. that's the problem. Well, or they uh, they listen to the people at um, at Best Buy who tell you that you, in order to get the best video quality, you have to go with uh, HDMI and monster cable because that's what they get the biggest commission off of. Yeah, and you know, and they well, they don't it. sell on commission. Well, it's, it's more of a probably a marketer type thing where the, you know they push more cable, they get more money. That's that's where the store makes more money than right. That? Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't I don't know if the uh, the sales clerk they're gonna sell what's on the shelf. You know that's yeah. their job. Mm-hmm. But and if all that's there, then that's all that's there. You know, and Model Price's deal on their page there was you know it says you know high speed certified mail to mail cables. You know, so they're supposed to be. Well, the, if the if, deal. if you if anybody out there listening and watching, you know, I've heard of this before. Uh, send us an email, ggr at geekgamerradio.com, or just use the email form on the website. We'd be interested to see if you can help out, if you've heard of this. Um, over this past week, uh, you know, the Tech Podcast Network, which we are a proud member of, uh, which is home to lots of great shows from anywhere from uh, gaming uh, categories. You know, we obviously do our gaming show as well. Uh, Apple, Linux, you know. Just, just a really, uh, you know, really great, great balance of uh, lots of different shows. The the Tech Podcast Network was at CES over the past week, and we had our website uh, dedicated uh, to that video of the show, and a lot of great items. I mean, gosh, I mean, hundreds of different types of uh, items were introduced and announced at the show. We went through, well, at least I went through some of the most interesting ones that were. I don't know, maybe not necessarily mainstream, and maybe you didn't even hear about. And we're going to go through those right now. First off, was something pretty neat and extreme. Uh, SanDisk revealed a $1,500, uh, just crazy, $1,500, 128-gigabyte uh, compact flash card. Are you seeing this, Joe? 128 gigs. What the hell? Uh, it is compact flash. It is uh, a, a standard that... Uh, do you still see these in like uh, high-end uh, SLRs, I think? Uh, some of the higher-end SLRs use it, but only because that's what a lot of the higher-end users already have. Um, most of the rest of the world has moved to SanDisk. One of the interesting things about compact flash is the, the interface for it is actually bit-for-bit bit, uh, IDE. Oh, um, I mean, it's pin for pin IDE. That's why there there are so many compact flash to IDE adapters available out there. Fifteen hundred bucks will get you uh, one of these. That'd be actually that would be really good if you were building a, a home router, a Linux home router, or something like that. One hundred twenty eight yeah. gigs would get you a lot of uh, of proxy cache or something. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, yeah, blockage for crap sites. Or, I mean, if it's fast enough, it might even make for a good, uh, you know, cheap SSD. Although, 1500 bucks is not that cheap, is it? But, you know. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, you know, as you guys listen to the show, we're very big into audio and video. We, we try to bring you guys the best audio and video quality that we can afford. Um, and one of the manufacturers out there that is really good when it comes to 
audio devices, microphones, and that sort of thing is Blue. And Blue has come out with a, uh, a Pro USB condenser microphone, so, uh, which is nice. But it has, it's, it's also got an XLR output, so you can use it uh, you know, as a headphone as well as uh, a microphone and also use it with a, you know, a high-end soundboard if you have one of those. And it's going to go for about $249. It can do 24-bit in uh, recording, which is really nice, 192 kilohertz digital, which is um, a lot better than what you'll get on uh, MP3s these days, or at least the you know good old MP3s. There you go, John. You should get one of these. That's pretty sexy, isn't it? It's a microphone. I know, but I know somebody else could use something like this. Well, I was going to say, I already have the uh, the blue, um, I don't even, oh, Snowball. That's yeah. what this thing is called. No, actually, I was referring to uh, somebody else. It does oh. a different kind of a... Who? Re, re, uh, deadhead over on Red, oh, Red, Rev Radio. Yeah. Could well, use a, a real mic. He maybe could use a real soundboard. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it seems the, like that would be the advantage to this, though, is that you could use it, you know, as a podcast mic if you're away, use it as USB, record your audio with it. But then if you're somewhere where you have a decent soundboard, you can just uh, hook it up with XLR and, and uh, you know, you're, you're good to go. That way you have, you have just one mic that fills two roles uh, instead of having to get two or three different kinds of microphones. And uh, for those of you who uh, are watching the video, you're probably going, oh, my God, they, they got pictures of this stuff. They're putting it on the video stream. Oh, my God, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, that's right. We're, we're able to now, I'm, I'm actually trying to incorporate more. Uh, so if you're watching the video or if you're watching it live, we're actually putting the pictures and of the stuff inside the video feed so you can actually see what we're talking about live, which is pretty freaking cool, if you ask me. Anyway, all right, sorry. Yeah. All right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some uh, mainstream uh, gadgets. I was talking to uh, my good buddy Andrew Horton over the weekend, and you know he's very, very interested in the Galaxy Tab, and he's like, well, you know, I just really just want Wi-Fi. I don't really want you know built-in radio. And you know, we were talking about that, and I was saying, well, you can always get one. It's month to month. You don't have to pay for it, you know, for ongoing. But uh, it was just recently announced uh, at CES that the Wi-Fi only Galaxy Tab has been confirmed for the first quarter. Uh, so there you go. Uh, we're going to see the non-3G contract-free version of the Galaxy Tab, which runs on Android, as you can see there going to be first quarter launch what do you guys think uh do they have a price on this yet no price on it yet uh maybe it's something in the press release but nothing that i can see no they were talking about here said uh whoa uh they're not so if you really want one of course this it's a concrete date and price but you're not going to get it instead we've been bearing news that it's at least common or committed to first quarter launch in the states with uh, nobody really announced to who's going to back it. Well, well, if it's three G, it does. If it's not three G, it doesn't. It matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's a it's a Samsung device. Yeah, Samsung makes it. You uh, know what? What's interesting is I yeah, for this ahead. Christmas I was looking at um, you know I picked up an ebook reader for my mom. I ended up getting her a Nook, and um, one of the they have out there is the Nook Color, which is for those who don't know basically 
an Android tablet that only runs the Nook software. It won't let you run anything else, at least not for right now. People have jailbroken it or hacked it and are able to put the Android app store on it. And other people uh, have people have said that they expect um, Barnes & Noble to release a app store for it. But in order for like something like the Galaxy Tab, if, if, if they end up opening that the Nook up, the Nook color up, so that you can put other apps on it, for something like the Galaxy Tab to come in, they're going to have to undercut that because that's only 250 bucks. Well, there's going to be huge competition. I mean, uh, at CES, I mean, we didn't put in all the hundreds of tablet stories. I mean, obviously, Microsoft and Windows, they announced their tablet. Uh, Windows 8, uh, you know, obviously all these ga the Galaxy tabs and also different companies are coming out with their own little mini tablets. You know, uh, I think they're coming out with some 5 inches, 7 inches, 10 inches. The competition, Joe, it's going to be ste steep. It's going to be... You think it's going to be able to upset the uh, the iPhone or the uh, iPad? Uh, well, we have a story uh, uh, about the iPad sequel, uh, <laughs> iPad 2, which, well, yeah, but I mean, there's so many Android tablets coming out. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, the Android phones that came out, they haven't really successfully upset the iPhone yet. I mean, it's looking like it's probably going to happen, but it hasn't yeah. happened yet. Um, you know, are we going to see the same thing with the uh, with the Android-based tablets? I, I think you might. I, I think what will happen is it's all going to come down to the, the feature set. It's going to come down to... Uh, are, Joe, by the way, are you working on the chat room? I just got a, a pop up here from one of our buddies saying that is the chat room not working. No, uh, no, it should be up now. It, for non it. for non registered people. Yeah, for, yeah, it should be. All right. I don't have a way to easily test that, but I'll I'll track. He's uh, someone saying that they're not seeing a a buddy list. Uh, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Is it in the right chat room? I don't know. I don't know. This is what happens when you do it live, folks. Yep. <laughs> he says his text is not showing. Who is it? It's, it shouldn't be Mark. It's, it's our buddy Pete. Um, he's not in here. I don't see him in the in the list of users. PDX Sin. They're saying he. That's well. That's his. That's his username, and uh, no one's seeing him. Well. Well, Raidsoft said he can't join from the web client. At least he's got to be coming in. So maybe. Go to the uh, go to the website, Joe, live.geekgamerradio.com, and see if you can get to the chat room via that way and see what happens. Yeah. All right. I'll work on that. All right. Cool. Moving forward, uh, we we like Boxy here. We we like Boxy quite a bit. We love talking about Boxy. We we even have a Betty beta version of the, the Boxy app. Well, guess what, folks? Boxy is now uh, inf <laughs> introducing itself on the TVs as well. Uh, there's a new, brand new ViewSonic television uh, that it will be dropping in early uh, second quarter, where the uh, the TV will have Boxy built in. So it's uh, a ViewSonic television. It will have the uh, Intel CE4100 processor, just like what the Boxy Box has. And as you can see, you'll have apps. You'll have the ability to stream stuff from uh, you know from a server i mean this is what the boxy box will do but now it's going to be built into a television this is where boxy really wanted to get involved with and i this is this is where i know boxy was really if you go to their forums and go to their blogs this is really their 
their focus going forward is to try to get their platform on many different devices as they can. Now, John, you used Boxy on your home theater PC. What do you think about this? It's, you know, it's not a surprise. It, it's, I mean, if it can be on the PC, you know, it's not a surprise that they're kicking it over to a, a TV as well. The question is, so it, it's it's finally caught up uh-huh. to where we have a television now that is basically has a mini computer inside. It can do uh, all these different things. About a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we started first seeing the internet-connected TVs. Now we're starting to basically see TVs that have computers inside them that can do some decoding, that have apps. Uh, there's been the Yahoo widgets on a lot of Samsung TVs and Sony TVs for a while now. Is this the next level? Is this the next stage where we're going to see integrated computers with uh, overlays and their own software platforms, kind of like Boxy? Yeah, I mean... It just, just you know, who's gonna have the most uh, candy to go with their uh, with their stuff? You know, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh well, all you need is this TV because it can, you know, go on the internet. You don't have to have your H home, you know, stuff. But then, then again, you know, what's gonna get shut down as far as or you know available? Because you know, Hulu's getting kind of you know kicked to the curb because well, not necessarily. We'll talk about Hulu here yeah. in a minute, but you know, and and Netflix, you know. Hulu's not really getting kicked to the curb. I mean, Hulu is wanting to monetize more what they do, and we're going to talk about that shortly. But they're they're branching out there. Um, so so Joe, I don't know if you you can talk or you're back with us. I know you're trying to solve some problems, but uh, yeah, it looks like uh, the RC channel should be good to go. So if uh, you're trying to join it and you're listening live, go ahead and and uh, reload your uh, web browser, and you should be able to connect right up. Oh, okay. So you heard it live here, folks. Reload. You should be good to go. Yep. Um, what do you think? Turn it off and back on again. Yeah. Turn it um, off and back on. <laughs> did you hit the power button? What do you think, uh, Joe? Uh, the whole uh, boxy now on a television built in. I think it's really cool. Um, I hope that, that this sort of thing happens more in the future, not just with boxy. It'd be nice to see you know Roku and some of the other things uh, integrated into TVs, especially replacing the um, the wonderfully awesome interface that some of the TVs seem to come with. Uh, that your usually doesn't really work at all. That's so, true. Or it's really your TV, Chase. Or yeah, well, mine oh. is like <laughs> it's like slow, sluggish. Yeah. It it just doesn't. Work. Yeah, it, it doesn't it work. It's like pop, I don't, pop, I think, pop. Exactly. I don't think we ever got it to work off the network or anything like that, and uh, and it only barely worked off USB connectors. But um, yeah, I think it's great. I I I, you know, I'm I'm not in the market for a new TV, but when I am, I'll, I'll probably veer towards one that has some kind of a a decent. Uh, uh, streaming interface like that. Man, if I can get like a 50-inch television, LCD or, you know, some sort of high-def, really nice-looking plasma or whatever, and it's got built-in media center, it's got built-in everything where I can decode anything I throw at it, and it's, got, it's just got a network plug on it, oh, man, that's sick. That's slick. I mean, I like it. And especially, you know, right now with Boxy and all these different apps, you can pretty much get whatever you want. Uh, recently also announced at the Consumer Electronics Show uh, is... Uh, Boxy making a deal with CBS for digital content sales. That's right, CBS. So right now we're waiting for, you know, Netflix. Can't buy stuff. We're waiting for Voodoo. But uh, they have inked a deal with CBS for selling episodes through the software. Uh, obviously, this is a huge ne- uh, huge jump for Boxy. With who knows how much they had to cut back on that. But they're now going to have... Uh, CBS shows available for purchase. Now, it's 
I, I really, oh, I want to know how much the market is f- uh, for purchasing shows uh, through streaming devices. I mean, do a lot of people do that? I mean, I usually just try to go to Hulu or, um, or I tape it or whatever. But is that a, is there a market for that? Joe, John, anybody? Huh? <laughs> oh, I'm distracted here. Oh, what are also you guys distracted? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you, Chase. you guys. Um, we're trying to do a show. Yeah. Well, I'm still working on the IRC thing. Oh, oh that's my it's, who broke it? Apparently, uh, I did Kenny at some did, point. Yeah. Was that today? Uh, yeah. Eight fifty today is when you broke it. Let me scroll up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do anything. Um. All right, fine. I'll move on from the, from, from that story to another story. Oh, no, I, I it's well, okay. Weird. I look like I was trying to <laughs> do something. Let's talk about okay, Skype next. because Skype's been our friend lately. We yeah. we really like Skype. Oh yeah, we love Skype. We love Skype. Hey Skype. Skype has uh, you know obviously we announced last week that Skype pushed uh, an update for the app on the iPhone that will allow video chat uh, between Skype uh, on your PC to the phone and from the phone to the PC. I mean. Joe, we should really try that. I, I want to see how well it works. Uh, but it's now going to be coming to televisions. That's right, TVs. Uh, Skype gets official with uh, apps for the Sony Bravia Vizios. Hey, John. Vizio connected TVs. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, right now, they're not offering much details other than a coming soon. But we will see Skype on the Panasonic Viera Cast and Vizios. So there you go. Then all you need to do is just plug in your handy-dandy webcam and probably the USB port that's in the back of that thing. And then there you go. You're and, now, and a microphone. And a, Well, usually those webcams have built-in microphones. Well, I guess that's true, but they don't sound very good. That's true. I but, mean, I can we can switch over to mine. You can see what they sound like. No, no, don't do oh. it. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't mess up anything. Skype may not be able to handle it. That's the that's, problem. That's a good point, too, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably go Zorlon again. What do you uh, what do you think, John? Uh, you got a Vizio. Would it be nice for you to go ahead and uh, now get Skype so you could be on your couch and talk? I could already do that if I wanted to with the home theater PC, and I don't. It's, I mean, how often do I sit at home with video on Skype and talk with you, Chase? I don't know. Forever. <laughs> so, so never. We just you just chill and we we talk and you know yeah. stuff like that. All right, fine. Hey, a major, major announcement at the show with Ford unveiling the Focus Electric. Now, the the Focus Electric um, is a Ford Focus, but it's an electric car. Uh, And this one will also have what they call the MyFord Mobile Smartphone Integration. Uh, Now, this, by the way, is also very interesting to note that Ford made history at the CES show by being the first major auto manufacturer to unveil a new model at CES. So this has never been done before, a new car uh, debuting. Now, what makes this very interesting, and they're, they're trying to compete with the Volt and the Leaf uh, from Nissan and Chevrolet, is that it will take uh, about, a, it'll go up to about 100 miles per gallon in the real world. And also you'll have the ability to recharge on a 240-volt outlet, which is the same kind of outlet that your dryer runs on, and it will take you four hours or less. What's interesting is the Leaf, the Nissan Leaf, will take up to seven hours to recharge on the same type of current. So it looks like they have a better recharging 
situation. And we do have a related story that I will bring up here in a minute. Uh, but Joe, what do you think, man? The uh, the Ford Electric or the Focus Electric? Well, I'm I'm sure people have figured out by now that I'm not a big Ford fan. No, you're not. Um, full disclaimer. I don't care. Full disclaimer. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll be interested. I'll be interested to see when they actually release some specs on the thing besides conceptual energy usage and uh, how long they say it will take to charge up. I don't know how big the battery pack is, how big the motor is. Um, you know, it may be that it only takes four hours to charge on a 240 watt outlet because it is a uh, um, significantly smaller battery pack than the Leaf has. And in order to maintain the same sort of range, they have to put in a uh, significantly less powerful motor. Um you know, or limit the top speed or, or something like that to try to maintain a longer distance. And then two years down the road, are those performance specs the same? Right, yeah. How long does battery last? And I mean, the, I, went, I actually went to a Leaf presentation with a couple friends of ours, and uh, it was really interesting. Um, they talked about the battery pack they expect has about a 10-year lifespan. Um, you know, they, they at least have, have developed these ideas. They, haven't talk, they didn't talk about how much it would cost to replace the battery, they said it is possible to replace it. They built it so they could replace it. And, it, you know, in, in 10 years, they will have something in place to be replacing battery packs or just to be replacing the entire car. Um, I mean, most most people buying a new car today don't generally expect to maintain the same car for 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, these electric cars are going to start coming out more and more. It's, it's not surprising they're, they're getting more, you know, more common. Um, nobody really knows how well they're going to take off in the market, though, especially once all of the federal uh, uh, tax money is dried up. Um, remember that if you buy an electric car right now, you get a huge uh, tax incentive to do it. And that money is going to run out after I forget how many models or how many cars the, the companies have to manufacture. Now, one of the biggest questions that a lot of people have when it comes to buying an electric vehicle is how they're going to charge it. You know, how are they going to... Uh, be able to go for long distances, long trips, and, and that sort of thing. Now, granted, a lot of people you know, will buy these vehicles because of the fact that they use them to go to work, and most jobs are within a 40-mile radius, that sort of thing. So that kind of solves that problem. Uh, but people do want to have an easy abil uh, ability to go ahead and charge these cars at home. Now, with the Leaf, you can go ahead, and they have these home charging stations that you know, require a permanent installation in your garage. Uh, you know, like we talked about, take about seven hours to charge. But what uh, what Ford has done is they've went ahead and partnered uh, with Levitron and Best Buy to create a uh, $1,500 charging station that you'll be able to put in your garage. It is completely non-permanent. It is module. So... You install it in your uh, in your garage. If you have a 240 volt outlet, it'll take you, you know, three to four hours to go ahead and charge it. Uh, or you can plug it into standard 120 volt power. You know, just a standard outlet, but that'll take you about 20 hours <laughs> to <laughs> to charge. But hey, you know, it, it's it's very very interesting uh, that you know. First off, Ford is partnering with Levitron. Okay, yeah, they're our electric company. They they handle those types of things. But they're partnering also with Best Buy for installation of these devices in people's garages. So, you know, here and now, Best Buy is getting involved in the uh, automotive tech. I mean, they already put in car stereos. So. Yeah. Well, but, specifically, they're going to have Geek Squad come out to your house to, you know, hang it on your wall and plug it into the uh, dryer power outlet. 
if you have a dryer which, power outlet or next or right next i mean if you have an outlet available which uh uh, you know, I, that, let me. I'll just add that as the list of reasons why I do not want this car. Um, I've never had the Geek Squad in the house. I never will have the Geek Squad in the house. I don't care what they're installing. <laughs> but hey, at least it's module. I mean, yeah. I, I'll say this. I mean, you don't have. Hopefully, they won't make you have to have Best Buy come out and install it. You know, obviously for the do-it-yourselfers out there to go ahead and do it yourself. I mean, but still, fifteen hundred bucks. So you have a home charger. That's really very inexpensive, and it's not permanent. You know, you can move it around and mm-hmm. you know, throw it in the back of your car and take it over to your buddy's house and then <laughs> hang it up on the wall. Excuse me. Well, I, I need to charge up. I need to I charge can, up before I can go. Yeah. You're yeah. going to drive down. Joe, I got to plug this into your garage for a minute before hey. I can head home. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. man. Hey, oh, sorry about the power bill. Yeah. Well, it's not very expensive. I want to know about this electric car is one of the things Nissan made a really big point about is they're trying to push for some standards um, that not only they want their car to support, but they want every electric car in the future to support. And whether or not the Ford Focus um, will be following in those standards or not, um, specifically for the plug. Because if we're going to put quick chargers, especially if municipalities are talking about putting quick chargers, you know, like in front of city halls or in front of libraries and stuff like that, we can't have five or six different standards. It's just not going to work. We need to come down to one. Yeah, you know, and they do need to get a handle on that, you know, now. You know, right, it needs to it. happen. Yeah, it can't happen later. It has to happen now. I mean, hell, you know, it's, it's enough trying to get your cell phones all to standardize. I think they got to be using, they got to be using some sort of, well, obviously they're all using the standard 120-volt outlet design. Right. So you could plug it into a wall. I guess, well, yeah, the, they're the quick using charger. It, they're using it on the wall side, but on the car side, it's still different. You mean like the the, the, the little plug-in? The, well, the may- plug that actually, like on the, the Nissan Leaf in the front, there's there's two plugs. There's one that's the, for the 120, and there's one that's for the 240. And they are different plugs. Um, they don't look like anything I've ever seen before. And uh, the 241 also doubles as the super quick charge, which... Uh, you can do if you have to. Um, it'll charge it to eighty percent in fifteen minutes or twenty minutes or something like that. Um, but you're only supposed to do it every once in a while. It's like the the you know military of the different countries trying to standardize their fuel refueling for their jets. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that a, it's out a, there. I mean, it could be a big problem in the in the in the near future, especially as these cars take off. Um, you know, I we have a we've generally settled on one standard in the U.S. for 110 outlets. There's still about three or four different standards for 220 outlets, and um, you know, but at least everyone's familiar with those. We're not. It's going to be a hard time if we end up with five different standards for plugging your car in. One that's from Toyota, one that's from Nissan, one that's from Ford, one that's from GM. You know, I mean, we can end up with a lot of different standards. Hopefully. If they, you know, I, I think what will happen is we're going to have, I mean, with all these new, like in Washington State, Oregon, California, they're building this green highway where they're going to have electrical charging stations at rest stops. So hopefully they can go ahead and agree on, like you said, Joe, a standard, you know, for the fast charging capabilities. And this will take off. And it, they will. I, almost certainly, I think they will. They cannot argue. And have all these different plugins, plug standards. I think they can all kind of have a consensus on a type of outlet, and just move on. And it's up to the car manufacturer on how to take that 240 volts and, 
you know, charge their own batteries in the car. I think if they have one common connector, I I think the everything past that point will be really easy to solve. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what, what, what he said. Yeah, what he said. Yeah. I act like I know <laughs> what I'm talking about, folks. <laughs> um, hey, speaking about car tech, uh, here's another cool little thing. The Griffin which is a leader in creating iPhone accessories, you know, adapters, that sort of thing. We'll be partnering up with the iPhone and get yourself in there with the brand new OBD2 port uh, car trip Bluetooth adapter. So what this does is it will plug into your OBD2 port on your car, which was, uh, you know, Mandated uh, back in, I want to say, what, the early or late 90s? Uh, 96 is when 96. all the U.S. Uh, companies had to start using it. So what this will do is you'll plug it into your OBD2 port, and you will it will transmit Bluetooth over to your iPhone or iPod Touch or whatever you have, and will let you, in real time, show your... Uh, car mileage, efficiencies, uh, it'll even show you codes, obviously, tell you what's going on. This thing will co- uh, to- uh, cost, gosh, sorry, this will cost about eighty nine ninety nine to get yourself one of these things. Pretty cool, though. Yay. Oh, come on. <laughs> and then you can upload your results, you can save them. I mean, you, you have, ac- I know Joe would buy one of these. I think I would buy one of these. I think it's pretty cool. 90 bucks, and you get all the codes and all the fun stuff. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if if, if they allow third-party apps for this um, because it'd be kind of cool to, to be able to, instead of having to buy a, uh, you know, a multi-hundred-dollar reprogrammer for your uh, computer, be able to you know, just buy another app for your iPhone and reprogram your computer that way. Yeah. The, I mean, they already have Bluetooth ones out there. I know I've got quite a few guys at the dealerships that are running you know, with them. You know, being able to just pull a car in, slap it in there without running any cables actually into the car. Uh, most of it's Bluetooth to their workstations or their, you know, their their laptops there. Um, it's nice to have that in there. So with, if they got their laptop in the car with them, they don't have, to have cables running across the steering wheel and whatnot. Um, I always kind of laugh, though, you know, at, I mean, I, the people don't hear, most people don't know I'm a service writer at a repair shop. So I get to talk to people about their cars all day long. You know, the misconception is it's like, oh, I got the code. Well, then, then fix it. Well, the codes <laughs> don't, that's the only part of the, you know, that, that tells you something's wrong. But you got to figure out, you know, it's always, you know, well, you got to, you know, figure out why that code happened. You know, there, there could be a couple different reasons. It's, you know, you just don't look at the code and start throwing parts at a car. Well, if, sure you can. Come on. Well, you can do that. It might get, you know, if you get lucky, okay. Or you can get real expensive when you keep throwing the wrong parts at it for the wrong reason. You know, That's because, why you're supposed to do warranty work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, gee, a cat efficiency code. Well, you can run out and put cat converters on it or possibly just has bad O2 sensors. Mm-hmm. I got to say, though, this is a neat little toy. I want one. It is. It's it's interesting. Um, it's nothing. It's not nothing groundbreaking or new. I mean, the stuff's already out there, just in different forms. Yeah, I think somebody actually was making one for a while, but it was more expensive, more like $150 range. That uh, would do the same sort of thing over over a wireless network, not over Bluetooth. Um, since at the time iOS didn't support uh, device-to-device Bluetooth networks, I'm getting one. Yeah. I want one. <laughs> These are this looks yeah. cool. I don't care if it tells um, me there's something wrong. I'm going to try to fix it. You actually had a well. There's 
there's Chase. There's nothing quite more frustrating than having a having your uh, your check engine light come on your dashboard, plug your code your code reader into it, which I, I have one out in the garage, and have it pop up and tell you that it's a code forty two. Yes. Or actually, in my case, I think it was a P forty one. It's like, oh great, something to do with powertrain. That's all I know. Yeah, and you're going to Google it. No information yeah. on P forty one. Well, and then it depends on the car because some of the codes are really really common. They're shared across multiple cars. But uh, like like mine, um, I had a, a code on, on my GTO at one point, early when I first had it, and uh, it was just a weird code, and you look it up online, and Pontiac doesn't list it as an official code, GM doesn't list it as an official code, because it was an Australian-made car, <laughs> it was an Australia-level code that was really common there, but wasn't common anywhere else, and nice. it ended up being um, uh, a, actually a bad connector on one of the, uh, the engine, and the cylinder banks uh, not connector was, was not good. So it only took me two trips to a dealer to get it fixed, too. Super yeah. fast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, t- oh, you know, and some of the stuff, though, with the OBD2, and what the, they're talking about, oh, you can look at this data, and you can look at that data. Not all manufacturers have that data available. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, that's it's, true, too. Yeah. OBD2, the biggest part was, you know, some of the, as far as uh, recording for trouble codes, kind of standardized, you know, one of, one of it was a standardized plug. That was the biggest thing is um, standardized plug and a standardized, um, at least the communication protocols. But it was up to each manufacturer how much data you could get. You know, the, the new cars are definitely getting a lot better. Um, the late 90s, early 2000, you know, some of it, you still didn't get any... Um, live data as far as yeah you got a trouble code but you know you didn't get any data with that code um the new now that the can systems are coming out which is the uh, just basically closed area network and some you know the newer i'd say probably 2006 2007 newer cars a lot of it is starting to log data as far as you know when it trips the code and um, but i'm also dealing with a lot of european stuff some some of the domestic stuff i think gm was tripping you know covering the stuff a lot earlier um you know looking at when the trip code it says you know this is rpm this is their how fast you were going this is the time the date you know some manufacturers are better than others on that you you, did you notice something joe what i don't know if you noticed something i i throw a a car story in there (laughs) (laughs) and and john John just doesn't stop talking john wakes up john is like (laughs) John is on fire. I'm just, I'm just thinking. Oh my god, this is awesome. John is well, talking. Well, there's the rule. Then every episode we have to have at least one car related story. Yes, and it wasn't yeah. even about Volkswagen, which, which is no, it's just know. a generic kind of a generic car story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. CES car story. <laughs> I mean, we even talked about two car stories. Wow, go figure that one out. Three, three. Hey, let's talk about something that's right up Joe's alley, Apple. Uh, (laughs) Wouldn't be an episode if we didn't talk about Apple. That's right. Well, go, go. There's, uh, you know, at at the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, there's a lot of accessory manufacturers, and they have to start creating some mock-ups based on some possible designs because they're preparing for the next product. And so uh, what they found at the show, and if you're watching the video, we have a picture for you, is an an iPad 2 mock-up. That teases 128 gigabytes of storage. Uh, it has a, a speaker grill there on the bottom uh, left of the uh, bottom uh, right. Oh, bottom right, yeah. But yeah, if if you're looking on the on the screen there, it'd be bottom left. If now, if you're looking at the screen, it'd be bottom right. No, I mean like looking at the your video of the video of the. Uh, if you're uh, looking at the back of the iPod 2 mock-up, it's on the left side. Yeah. Right. Yes. 
So I zoomed in a little bit so you guys can check it out. But right there, there's a uh, speaker grill. Also, uh, there's been some rumors that this will also have 128 gigs of onboard. And uh, they're saying that the shell is made of the same type of material that the current device is made of. So right now, this is all, you know, rumor and, and speculation. Uh, but the reason why I, I bring this up is because of the fact that our good buddy, Mr. Uh, Kevin Rose, and let me, uh, not our buddy, I mean, we, we, we don't know him uh, personally, uh, but on his blog uh, at kevinrose.com, it's kind of hard to see, so I'll zoom in for you guys, but he, uh, he wrote a rumor uh, saying that the iPad 2 is coming soon. He says, I have it on good authority that Apple will be announcing the iPad 2 in the next three to four weeks. Possibly Tuesday, February first, the iPad two will have will feature a Retina display and front and back cameras. So if you're thinking of buying an iPad, hold off for now. I got to go to our resident Apple expert, Mr. Joseph Falby, for the commentary, Mr. Joe. Well, I don't doubt that an iPad two is coming. I'm not sure about you know. He says that it'll have a Retina display. I- I, I still have a hard time believing that's going to happen in an iPad. It's just too high res. The cost is going to be too high. Um, as for his time frame, who knows? Uh, you know, it's always a mystery with Apple. I mean, until they, like I said, like I've said in the past, until they announce it, until it's, you know, Steve Jobs is up on a stage talking about one more thing, um, I, I'm not, I have a hard time believing any rumors. John? Exactly. See, he. I, I talk <laughs> Apple. I just John. John's like, huh? I don't. I, was I, like, don't, get, I don't get it. Yeah. You know, you can What's use the mean? iPad in a car, John. Really? <laughs> There's this a really good video series on YouTube. Uh, Sound Man. He. I think he's out of Los Angeles area, Orange County, where he did like the first ever iPad in dash mod uh, for a car. Hmm. Really cool stuff. Uh, so you know, and just check it out, John. YouTube Sound Man iPad. It's really neat. Okay. Um, hey, another, you know, you guys remember good old portable televisions? You remember those back in the day? You know, the small little, you know, maybe two or three, four-inch screen antenna sticking out. You would take it to the ball game so you could watch the replays. Or, you know, maybe you're you're out and about and you're, you're watching television. You guys remember those little devices? Yeah. Portable televisions. And then ever since the whole digital trans- transition happened, those pretty much went away. Well, guess what? They're on their way back. RCA is debuting a new line of portable ATSC mobile digital television hybrid TVs. Uh, these are three and a half inch, four, uh, three and a half inch uh, little televisions that will have about four hours of playback on AA batteries and will retail for about 109 bucks. Um, there's some higher end versions that come with a, a dual tuner with an FM receiver and an internal lithium polymer battery for about 150 bucks, And there's also a 7-inch version that has the lithium polymer battery and also has the ability to tune it with your car, with a car charger, remote control. I mean, pretty freaking cool. Uh, looks like RCA is trying to get back. Now, granted, if you're in a fringe area, this might be a little tough for you, but if you're in a metro area, you know, you you should be able to pull in some digital channels pretty good, especially uh, if you're at the ball game. Um, what do you think, Joe? Pretty cool? Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Um, I mean, I 
Uh, I never really had. I guess I did have one of the really, really small TVs, but I, I certainly didn't use it very much. Um, you know, this this seems like it's an okay price. Uh, it, it could be really cool. But then again, you know, I'm I'm not sure about the idea of seeing a bunch of people sitting in a stadium all watching the game that they're sitting in front of on their TVs. But, you know, I guess there are people out there who do that. John, what do you think? Interesting. <laughs> I was looking at it going, I wonder how big that is compared to my Evo. <laughs> yeah, but the, the you know your Evo, you know you could do TV like a la Slingbox, but there's going to be a delay. I mean, the cool thing about something like this, you could take it to the game, have a little mini HD, uh, little mini HD digital TV there, and you know you you have the game live if it's on broadcast network TV. But no, I think it's pretty cool. You know, hundred bucks, you can watch a little portable TV no matter where you're at. You know, a few hours of battery life. You could be camping. We could be camping out at Deception Pass. And, uh, you know. That's can you get laptop. TV up there? Uh, can you get I, digital signal up there? I, you, you got me. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's called a laptop. Our final, our, our final CES story. <laughs> and, you know, last week, if you're uh, listening or watching the show, we talked about CES and talked about possibly, you know, uh, appliances, you know, washer and dryers and, you know, connected things. And, you know, we talked about that for a while, which is really cool. Um, so I had to find an appliance CES story. I had to because, you know, you got to have a follow-up, right? So here it is, folks. The Kenmore showing off their smartphone tablet-connected appliance, and they even had a hands-on display. Now, uh, LG had some devices there at the show. However, you, as you can see here, there's a control center for this uh, Kenmore washer where you would... Uh, Select, for example, uh, what type of bedding or what type of uh, you know uh, items you're putting in the washer. You hit start. It'll give you a clock. It'll tell you. Uh, the only drawback to these items is that they'll start rolling out in 2012, not this year, but next year. So I'm uh, so I guess I'll have to wait until 2012 to buy one of these because I will because we're in the market right now for a new washer. And I would love to have one that's connected. But are they actually network connected, though? Um, Let me see here. I'm trying to. All I see when you say that is me having to crawl around underneath your house somewhere and run network (laughs) cable. Oh, (laughs) Oh, hey, John, you're willing to do that? I got a job for you down here. John didn't go underneath the house. (laughs) Yeah, when we ran some other stuff. The only thing that we ran underneath the house was like, wasn't that the, just the water line? That's all we did. I thought we ran some network cable underneath there. No, everything's no. on the outside, remember? Well, we ran that too, but I thought we did one underneath a cable oh. originally. But the one, if you do your washer and dryer, you're going to need to do that one underneath. So, um, so okay, go but, ahead. But Jeff. I'm reading on the subscription of this thing, and all it says it has is Kenmore Connect, which allows for remote diagnostics that can be used to prepare technicians for in home repairs. Now, now, keep uh, reading. There is also consumer connectivity. So uh, it says here the Kenmore Live Studio. Uh, they'll have you mm, yeah, Remote monitoring. Here we go. Through personal technology such as iPads and smartphones, consumers will be able to control appliances across ra- a laundry, refrigeration, and cooking categories. So, y- there, yes, there will be remote monitoring with your devices, mobile devices. All right. 
<laughs> uh, no, it's still it's still a year off though. I mean, it's still 2012. That's We're in what, 2011. According to Ken, we don't have internet connected appliances yet. What is wrong with the world? According to Ken, we should have flying cars already. Well, we do. No, no I was promised flying cars in 2000. Why don't we have flying cars? Yeah. Come on, John. I mean, what, John? I mean, what do you think, man? Do you, well, well, actually, I'm, I was scrolling down through the uh, their little or their press release thing, and they talked. To, I saw something about Bluetooth, the uh, Kenmore Bluetooth, blah blah blah, features, products. Um. So, is it just going to send you a uh, send you a PM saying, "Hey, your load's done. <laughs> <laughs> your load is done. done." All right. So let me. Uh, I'm, I'll pull up a couple of pictures here. So, uh, so first off, here is the. Uh, some pictures from Engadget. And by the way, all the uh, all, I gotta give Engadget a lot of credit. You know, Engadget, Gizmodo. There's a lot of great websites out there that did some really good coverage of CES. I'm uh, pulling all these stories off of Engadget, but really, you know, feel free to use your particular source uh, for you know CES coverage. You know, Tech Podcast Network. We you know we had people there on the ground, uh, but you know they actually have pictures and articles. So that's why we're pulling from them, but. Uh, so here is the here's an iPad app. So if you're taking a look at this, Joe, if you see it here, there's an iPad app that uh, you know you could uh, select and tells you the status of your washer and or dryer. Uh, you know, even will give you a little thing of, of energy use. So so it'll tell you you know what's going on there. Uh, then you have the actual uh, control on the uh, on the machine itself. And so here's some more, you know, pictures of the devices uh, from the show that have the internet connectivity. So maybe they may not have a touch panel, but they're all internet connected and so, definitely look high tech and stuff. Yep, I, I'm utterly confused by this idea. I, Joe, I think okay, I, no, I'm, I mean, I'm no, with look, you there, look. Joe. So what what you're gonna reach? You're gonna reach the point where in order to use your washer to tell your washer that you're having, uh, you're doing, uh, you're you're bedding, you're washing your sheets and stuff like that. Instead of Turning a dial on the washing machine, you're gonna have to break out your iPhone no, or your no, iPad. No, 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 you, and no, no. Hit the button on, on no. that. So, I mean, what's the point of the iPhone app? No. You're standing in front of the dryer. No, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> this uh, until a robot picks the clothes up out of the washing machine and puts it in the dryer for you. Uh, I just don't get it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got so excited, I bought my my camera. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's the OBD two that you got. It's it's on the it's the onboard diagnostics well, that's on these complaints. You know, I, I understand it's cool, but if it's going to be like an eight hundred dollar feature, it's not that cool. <laughs> well, what I what I'm thinking, Joe, is first off, you'll have the controls on the unit. It's not like you'll have to pull out your app to use it. I hope so, but no. <laughs> well, no. Then, but then what's the point of having the controls on the app? Well. It's internet connected. More, <laughs> it's got Wi-Fi. It's got Wi-Fi and 3G. Jeez, don't come you under, on. Don't right, you, right. Don't I you understand get it? it's internet connected, but what's the point Wait. of having it on your app if the controls are on the machine, you're standing in front of your machine at the same time? I mean, you're not going to load it and then walk away from the machine so you can program it and start it, are you? You're going to go, oh. you'll be at work and go, oh crap, I forgot to start the no. washer. Here. No, you yeah, know what? I remember here, to load it. Here, here is where I, here is where, <laughs> here is where it will beneficially come into play, Okay. Not for starting the device. It, duh. You know, you're going to be in front of your device. You're putting your clothes in. You're putting your dishes in. Whatever. Okay, who gives a rat's ass? This is where, this, this is where these, these, uh, these, the devices will come into play. Diagnostics. Obviously, if you have a problem, if you have an issue with it, it will tell you what's going on. That sort of thing. Uh, secondly, if you uh, are doing a load of laundry and you're, you're trying to manage a lot of things. I mean, you think about it. You know, let's say you're a mom and 
you know, you got 20 kids. Or, I mean, that's too many. Maybe you have five kids and you have a lot of things happening and you know, you have things timed. All right, well, the laundry is going to be done in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, say you have it on an oven. Uh, you know, our oven's right now at 400 degrees. The, the turkey's going to be done in about an hour. I mean, who knows? Maybe there'll be a, a Bluetooth thermometer that will link up with the oven and it will constantly monitor what's going on. So I see the future of these types of things. And then obviously you have the apps, you have the mobile things so you can uh, monitor what's going on. So that's... Well, I, I understand I the idea of feedback, but I don't know why they're, they're showing off a screen on an iPad, Kenmore is, um, that lets you set the options to, to start a load of laundry. Yeah, no, I, yeah, um, that's a little, yeah. I, I, I get the idea of, you know, and I love the idea of, of my washer being able to send me a, a text message or something like that to tell me when it's done or the oven being able to send me a text message, um, although that probably wouldn't be so good because I probably wouldn't hear it, um, you know, telling me when, when something's finished or when it's up to temperature or that sort of thing. Well, I could but, see. But I don't understand the idea of, of you know, Having the the control set that's on the physical machine replicated on the remote device. What if you wanted to run something through twice? Uh, say, for example, you have something heavily soiled, and or let's say you started the the washer and dryer. You uh, you know you have a full load in there, and you're sitting because you're lazy. You're sitting on the couch, and you're like, oh crap! I I meant to put that on a heavy cycle. You change it right there on your device. You don't have to get up, and now you're fatter than before. So there you go. Well, but. I mean, all those things can be accomplished by a more advanced user interface on the device rather than having a mobile app specifically for your washing machine. It's just about connectivity. That's all. I, I just I think it's just about bragging from Kenmore's point of view. It's like, look what we can do. It's uh, not just Kenmore. I mean, LG's doing it. Uh, well, we're going to see it from it's other all, manufacturers. It's all still, look what we can do. I, until, I mean... I just don't. I don't get it. I, I, I mean, maybe it's just me, uh, but... Why don't they make a device that doesn't break down? That's right. I mean, why instead of investing all this money in electronics that that you know may or may not be reliable, why don't they invest all this money in in making the device more reliable from the beginning? Well, maybe this will help. How? It's I, one more part to break down. Uh, well, everything's all computer chips now, anyway, right? Yeah, and then the in, whole thing, the motors and everything. No, yeah. not the motors. <laughs> but. And then in five years, will those parts still be available for that thing when just, it breaks? Just down? answer me this: It's cool, right? It's cool. It's an interesting idea, but I'm not convinced that it. It's who, who says okay, it's okay, necessary. Gonna, you know what? We should we should start up a cool wall like Top Gear. Ah. <laughs> okay, because this I would not put in the cool section on a oh, cool wall. Oh, I got it. I got it right here. No, no, John. No, John. Oh, I didn't no. mean it literally. It's gonna fall over. Yeah. Hold on. Let me put the camera on me. There we go. It's the cool wall. Me. It's the cool wall chase. <laughs> there, there. I am. <laughs> God. If it's really cool, it's up here. If it blows, it's down here. Uh, <laughs> blows literally. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, think I think it's, it's an interesting cool. concept. It's kind of, you know, as a proof of concept sort of thing. It's it's certainly fascinating, and it and he fell over. It has some interesting ideas, but realistically, what's the point? I mean, it's just another thing to say. You know, look what my washing machine can do. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the feedback. I like the you know sending. Um, although sending a Twitter is retarded, um, you don't need the whole world to know when your laundry is done. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I like the idea of sending a text message or an email or something like that, telling you when the oven's done or when the, the laundry's alert, done or yeah. something like that. I love that idea. I, I'm yeah. I'm a hundred percent behind that. But the idea of being able to program your machine from your iPad or your iPhone 
because you forgot something, instead of incorporating a function like uh, your, your example of, of wanting to do a double, you know, washing it twice or, or running it twice, incorporating that sort of functionality into the device rather than into an, an app that you carry around, I, I just don't understand that. Well, I, I think the other major thing about it, though, and we'll, I think we're beating this to death, just like last week where we talked about this forever, <laughs> is you know energy efficiency being plugged into the grid. Um, I think if you have these types of devices and you could maybe... Uh, this is where the, maybe the cool factor could come into play. You could see how energy efficient your devices are being or how much power they're pulling. Then maybe you can cross-reference that to knowing when to turn it on for off-peak usage. Yeah, but you'd be uh, better off doing that by hooking it up, hooking up a system directly to your electrical panel. Right. But Instead of having individual devices report, have an electrical panel that tells you, well, this circuit has a washing machine, this circuit has your kitchen lights, this circuit has your refrigerator, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I mean, it seems like we're reaching the point now where we're integrating technology and LCD displays into stuff because we can. And at that point is when I think we've sort of lost the point of some of this technology. <laughs> you got to read some of these comments. They're, <laughs> they're, um, they're pretty good. And... Um, one of them here uh, uh, from uh, <laughs> It Be Dave. Uh, and I can't wait until it can, they connect all these devices to the internet and Facebook. Dave just checked in at his washer, where he is low on fabric softener, <laughs> which is available on sale this week at four local retailers within 10 miles of your location. Or order now from Amazon.com by clicking here. 404 error. Your water supply has been shut down to prevent damage. Please contact service. <laughs> Oh God, this is great. <laughs> now I wait. Wait, what are you doing, John? Nothing. Don't put duct tape on that thing. What? What are you doing? John, John's. Hold on. Great. Let, me, let me put the camera over here so you guys can see what John's. John is taking me. <laughs> what? What is John doing? I have no idea, but it can't be appropriate. I was being MacGyver. <laughs> Got uh, duct tapes. We'll fix. Oh boy, John's just breaking stuff. All right, uh, well, that <laughs> Chase. Okay, well, fixed. Chase, I agree. We have we have officially beat uh, these sort of appliances to death. Um, <laughs> can we be done? Can you not put another story like this in the rundown at least for a month? <laughs> I want one. I want to buy one. I, I know. I know you want one, Chase. I understand that you want one. I still don't understand the point. Can we please so not talk you, about this for another month? That's so you can jailbreak your appliances and <laughs> tweak the efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> I want a faster well, spin I, cycle, honestly, damn it. I want to overclock if, if my I, washer. If, if I can be in Hawaii on the beach and find out the status of my washer and dryer, my life would be complete. No, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Move along. For, nothing to see. For a month, Chase? What? Just for a month. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> you guys have me pick the stories all the time so hey you know you don't want me to talk about it you guys come up with the list of stories for the week <laughs> hey let's talk about some uh, some gaming CES stuff because believe it or not there were a few gaming stories uh, that came across at CES uh, one of them was uh, presented by Mr. Balmer himself and uh, Avatar Connect is official and it will uh, will be launching soon. And what that is is the Connect will uh, you will become your avatar, all right. And as you talk, 
the, your mouth will move. There'll be eyebrows, smiles, gestures, and laughs, and um, it will it you will it will uh, mirror those movements on the screen. Okay. So just right. to be clear, this has nothing to do with giant blue people. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No, it does not. Okay. So <laughs> you can see how one might get confused. Yeah. So as you move, your your avatar will move, and so and so on and so forth. Uh, so you can be ha- so basically you can be instead of having video chat with friends, so you know you so your friends don't have to see you. You can sit down as avatars, and your avatars will make movements and gestures and and facial expressions when you're doing them in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Facial expressions. Yeah. 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 And gestures and gestures. <laughs> <laughs> But not individual fingers. It won't pick up fingers. No, no, because you just have these stubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, look at the guy hands there. They got hands. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's it's just open or close. I don't think it can yeah. pick up individual finger motions. No, no, I don't Which think so. Which is unfortunate, because that would be what I would want to do the most. Pick your nose. <laughs> no, an individual finger gesture. Yeah. Uh, another thing at CES... Uh, <laughs> Another thing at CES that uh, brings us... Now, obviously, uh, now Joe informed me this uh, during the show, and I realized this, but I forgot, but Microsoft actually didn't come up with the Kinect hardware. They actually went to an outside company for that, and they liked the technology so much, they made it and called it Kinect and released it. Well, this same company, uh, which is PrimeSense, is putting out something for the computer. And actually, with uh, with Asus, we we talked about that. Asus, 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 Asus. Uh, Do we need we... to go back and play the video again? No. no. Uh, here we go. <laughs> it's uh, basically a 360 Connect, but without the name. So it's going to be called the Wavy Excision. Wavy Excision. Wavy Excision. I don't know. We need a. We need. We need Asus to tell us how to how to pronounce it. Uh, but here you go. It's it, it's basically the the Connect for the computer now. Microsoft did say at CES that they do intend on bringing the Kinect over to the PC so you can use the Kinect on your PC. So I don't know. I guess this would work for somebody who wants to just get a Kinect for their PC only if they don't have a 360. John will get one right away. Yeah. John is ready. I know it's going to come down just like the Kinect on Xbox. It's going to come down to software support and how well it works. Yeah. So I can be at my computer and start waving my arms and hands, uh, you know, let's say if I'm under attack. And and have it actually do ah! something instead of just uh, not responding at all now? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to make little hand shooting gestures for playing, you know, first pre- That'd FPS be great, games. yeah. Pew, I'm going to go play Counter-Strike, everybody. Pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bang, yeah. bang. You're dead. More good news, folks. I killed you. The, uh, the Xbox 360 is going to be getting... Hulu Plus, finally. Uh, right now it's on the PS3, but you'll see it on the 360 coming this spring. And it will also have Kinect capabilities. Uh, so basically, you'll be able to control and watch shows with your hands. <gasps> also, uh, Netflix will be coming compatible with Kinect as well. So you'll be able to navigate and check out different videos and stuff by using your hands a la Minority Report. Oh yeah, that's actually. Well, I was no, just thinking I, about that. You know, I don't think so. I think it's going to be the same way the uh, 
the user interface works with S, uh, connect other places. You know, I was well, watching. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you use your and hands. it was it was it wasn't so much that you could swipe your hand and things would change, is that you hovered your hand over a certain spot and it would react. Yes, that's true. But but another thing with the connect interface is vocal support. You know, voice support. So you'll be able to say, play Hulu Plus, Thirty Rock, and it will play. Well, will it? I mean, will yeah, it recognize it the should. name of TV shows, though? You would think. I think it would. I don't know. It seemed, Maybe. I, I mean, the voice recognition support, at least when I was at your place playing with it, seemed really, really limited. Yeah, maybe. We can only hope. Maybe. I mean, it was it was really only good enough to, to really annoy you by bringing up the, X, con, the Connect menu on a regular basis. So. John wants one, so he really doesn't have to get up ever again. Yeah, I'm just going to That and the, uh, the, and the uh, you want an Android app for your washer and dryer, too, don't you? Yes. That way I can say... Washer, dryer, clean my clothes. Stop it. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I have to actually go put the stuff in the washer. You guys are picking on me, and I can feel it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> hey, final uh, final gaming story out of CES in Las Vegas, by the way, because, you know, really, it's not the gaming convention. That's what E3 is for. But, you know, yeah. there's some good stuff from CES about gaming. SciTech, which they make peripherals for flight simulators, uh, had a booth there at the show, that brought together over $5,000 worth of game controller attachments so you can land an airplane. And they have a video clip there, but basically all the attachments that you're seeing there on the screen in the photograph show $5,000. And that, by the way, doesn't include the monitor or the computer. Those are just attachments. You know, with and the, the hardware U- to support 18 USB ports. That's it? Just 18? Just 18. Just 18. Just 18. That's uh, a few extra. You know, it it didn't parts. include. They have a dedicated flight uh, headset as well. Oh yeah, so you can actually they, talk to the computer. Well, well, I mean, no, but computer. you can. But it's it's a headset designed to work and look more like a Aircraft standard one. aviation headset. Yeah, and they have it on their on their store for only a hundred dollars. Oh shit! We should get. Whoops! I can bleep that out. Uh, we <laughs> should, <laughs> we should get a bunch of them. Golly. Golly, GGG. No, I mean, uh, yeah, no, that'd be cool. Actually, you know, you can play Flight Sim X online. Um, you know, you could join yeah. a server, and then you can actually, if you're really hardcore, you could say, uh, yeah, this is November 917 Heavy, uh, flying out of uh, left runway Niner, uh, requesting departure. Well, and, and my understanding is, depending on the server you're on, there are actual flight controllers, too. Yeah, so that's right. I mean, it can get really, really hardcore. Yeah, and, and that's... That's both disturbing and amazing, both in their own right. Yes, and we should totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> we should start our... Joe, do you have Flight Simex? I do not, but uh-huh. I could pick it up. You should. I mean, you'll probably get it real cheap. Uh, I think they sit, like you, you can find it at Walmart or... Is uh, it on Steam? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but no, I got I got Flight Simex and the Acceleration Expansion. They're sitting right here on my shelf. I need to reinstall them. There's actually, you know, lots of... Uh, no, I'm not knocking the Flight Sim community because I love Flight Sim series. I've played the Flight Sim series since 3.1, Windows 3.1. So I've been very, very invested in it, and I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, however, yeah, it can get definitely hardcore, uh, but it's fun to hang out with friends and fly planes, and, and you can play choppers and stuff. And You know, I've, honestly, I've thought about a, a system... Kind of like this. I have a, a 96-year-old grandfather who still has his commercial pilot's license but doesn't have a plane. Oh. Or not commercial, his private pilot's so license. doing something like this for him. like Doing uh, something like this for him yeah. because uh, my, my grandmother's in, in not as good a state as he is, so it'd be good for him to, you know, 
set this up in his office and and he could uh you know take off and and um you know fly around the world do whatever he wanted and and it would at least simulate his seat time i mean he's got thousands of real seat time hours but you know this this might be close enough for something like for something you know just to 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 get him by to keep him from going insane so so uh you know uh before we leave the CES topic i was leaving uh some time after we talked about the geek stuff at CES and the gaming stuff at CES to really talk about one big topic that happens at C- that happened at CES that I'm surprised no one is yelling about. No one in the chat room, no one here is yelling about. And I even talked about last week, and I think, gosh, I wish I had a, a clip machine so I can just hit play. Because Joe, Joe said this, well, I'll believe it when I believe it, kind of like the white iPhone. <laughs> Tuesday on 1-1-1-1-1, November, uh, January 11th, 2011, at 11 a.m. in New York City, Verizon's having a special announcement. Verizon Wireless. Now, yep. no one knows exactly what this announcement is. However, uh, what we do know is Apple is going to be at this event. And we also know that uh, Mr. Jobs is going to be at this event. And we also know that uh, Gizmodo was not invited to this event. And if you don't remember why, (laughs) you know, the whole I left my iPhone at a bar situation. So basically, it's very interesting that, A, Verizon is doing this announcement, but not uh, Apple at one of their big spectacles. But before, uh, you know, obviously everyone's pointing and thinking that this is it. It's going to be the Verizon iPhone. I knew it. I knew it. It's going to happen. I mean, there's there's blackouts at Apple stores for the uh, for the month of the last few weeks of January going into February. So, Joe, what is it? Is it is it the iPhone? Come on, Joe. Uh, you could Joe, say who knows? I mean, oh, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come I mean, on. honestly, what else no, would it be? Like I've said it until Steve Jobs or or somebody who's uh, you know, legitimately representing is standing up on a stage uh, saying, here's a Verizon iPhone, or here's the white iPhone, or here's uh, an LTE iPhone, or whatever. I'm not I'm not going to say wa- one way or the other. The, I, I will say, I really, really hope it's an iPhone. The Wall uh, Street Journal, by the way. Here, you want confirmation, Joe? Here's your confirmation. The Wall Street Journal, which, you know, is not the National Enquirer. It's the Wall Street Journal. Look, if it was the Onion, I'd believe it. They, <laughs> they confirmed that it will be the iPhone Verizon on Tuesday. It will uh, happen. Know, that's great. It's I, confirmed, and, and it's it's Money awesome the that they're saying that. And you know, I I if the, if it's true, then I'll have utter utter faith in that. But like I said, until Steve Jobs is standing up on a stage saying, "Look at this, one more thing. Here's the white iPhone from Verizon or whatever," um, I'm not I'm not going to get my hopes up. Now here's here's uh, now here is where it gets kind of fuzzy. So there was pictures out there placed on the internet, and they were pulled. Of the 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 frame redesign, Joe, have you seen these? Uh, I don't think I have. Okay, basically showing you know the the slight variances in the frame. It still is showing a SIM card slot, which which is interesting because of the fact that Verizon's LTE network, you know, the fourth generation network requires a SIM card. So well, while we're doing rumors, maybe it's an SD mini SD card slot. Instead. Yeah, I know it's a SIM card slot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, it will, uh, the rumors uh, say, and I'm reading here, that there will be a, a CDMA chipset uh, from Qualcomm in this thing. I think we're going to see is 
they're going to call it kind of kind of the play on words. I, I here's where we need to make our predictions. Okay, I think they're going to call it the Verizon 4G E. You know, maybe or something like that. You know, the 4 LTE or something like that. Because they can't call it the 4. I don't think they can call it the 4 because they're making some modifications to this thing. They're correcting the whole antenna gate issue and all the other stuff. It's the my guess is My guess is if it's going to be on Verizon, they're probably just going to call it the iPhone 4V. 4V? Viphone. Right. The Viphone? Yes. <laughs> the Viphone. The Viphone. There you go. <laughs> Verizon iPhone. The, the Viphone. <laughs> but I mean, the, the iPhone 4V seems like it would be reasonable. It, it defines it as the... It's still the iPhone 4, but it defines it as the... A Verizon edition of the iPhone 4. Whether or not it has LTE or, or what kind of you know data it has it supports on it, you know, that's that's still up in the air. Um, a lot of places said that uh, there's a pretty good chance Apple won't be supporting any 4G stuff until next year. Uh, because uh, you know, look at how it took them a while to, to introduce the 3G iPhone. It you know, it took them a year to do the, the 3G. So it's not that it's a defect in, in Apple, but they like to wait until the technology settled. Nobody's really sure if if uh, LTE is going to take over, or, you know what's going what it's going to be. It's probably going to be LTE, but um, you know I, we're, we're going to have to wait. Uh, but who knows? I mean, what it, it's Tuesday, right? This Tuesday, eleven this Tuesday, or so one 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 at eleven o'clock. And that's but wait, wait, eleven o'clock Eastern. Which eight, time zone? Eastern, eleven Eastern, eight Pacific. So six, uh, eight o'clock here. Eight o'clock here. Eight a.m. here. Yes. I think they're going to call it I'll the. Be at work, but. They're going to call it. They're going to. It's going to be the iPhone five, but instead of using the number five, it's going to be the V for Verizon. The iPhone I don't V. Think, I don't think it'll be the iPhone five. No, but I think they'll call it the iPhone V. You know, because I don't know. Mm, they got it. So what do you? So we we need to make a prediction here. I think they're going to call it maybe the iPhone four. E or something like that. I think they'll add something after the four. They'll call the iPhone four with a letter. I think. E I, I think something. it'll be iPhone four V. I mean, that's most likely 4V. to me at least because it'll be on Verizon. Whether it's LTE or not, you know, who knows? It could just be eVideo. Um, it if if it is LTE, it actually it, it should be LTE because that's the only way they'd be able to do. Um, voice and data at the same time. And that'd be the only reason for a SIM card slot. The other the other speculation is why they would have a SIM card slot is make this like a world edition phone so you could use it overseas. Um, John doesn't care. He's very happy with his Evo. I got Wi-Fis and 4Gs. You got Wi-Fis and 4Gs. That's great. I'm having no end of problems with my, my Android phone at this point. All right. Well, no, I'm not having tons of problems, but I'm annoyed with it. Oh, how so? Well, apparently, um, this particular model, when you root it, which was the fourth thing I did with it, um, <laughs> you either get the SD card slot or you get Wi-Fi, but you don't get both. Oh. Huh? Yeah, yeah. That's, that was my response exactly. So <laughs> it does not have Wi-Fi right now, but it does have the SD card slot because you can't do anything other without the SD card slot. Basically, you can't take pictures. Uh, you can't do custom ringtones. Um, you know, there's a bunch of stuff you can't do. Apparently, there may be an update out of uh, Taiwan. Remember, this is a Hong Kong edition phone. Right. So maybe an oh. update out of Taiwan that fixes it, but I haven't tried applying it yet. Uh, maybe I'll try that this week. Although, if the Verizon uh, iPhone comes out on Tuesday and it launches right away, then maybe I won't care and I'll just get a Verizon iPhone instead. Some more Apple stories for you. Uh, speaking of the iPhone and the 
iTunes App Store. Apple has pulled VLC from the iTunes Store. Now, we talked about this last week and how we were going to start to see maybe VLC and other platforms. Well, guess what? Not anytime soon now. So if you haven't grabbed VLC, you're not going to get it. Uh, Apple, basically, it's like this. The uh, developer, uh, Remy Denis Courtemont, I think he's French, uh, <laughs> he, he uh, sued to have the app removed from the store just because of the fact right now there's some uh, there's internal arguments and discussions over the uh, viability or legality really of having VLC on the store you know of the whole open source community and that sort of thing so anyway it was pulled and so right now you cannot get VLC legitimately on your iDevice that includes the iPad and the iPhone so no well, more the part of this that that the concern here is, um, he the the VLC is is under what's called the GNU, which is the GNU um, GNU is not Unix; it's a public license, um, and uh, and and part of it is called GPL, which is sort of a mini license for GNU. But uh, the concern is is that the GPL doesn't allow for DRM in apps. And because the App Store introduces DRM, even though it's a free app, it still has DRM on it. There's, it's not really quite clear if that violates the GPL. And uh, and so this the Remy guy, uh, Remy Denis Cor- Cormon, I, I'm not sure how to say it. I'm not French, thank God. Um, Cormon, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he uh, he's de- he decided he's one of the lead contributors to to VLC that um, that uh, it doesn't. You know, the, the DRM in the App Store does not or violates the GPL. The rest of the group is still not quite sure on this. So this is still just one guy's point of view. Um, you know, we'll have to see if if it changes or if they end up, uh, you know, re-licensing just VLC for the App Store. Uh, who knows? But um, it is important also to note that Apple didn't, Apple only act as the, as uh, Apple did not remove it by their own choice. They were, re- they were asked to remove it. Yes. Um, so it's it's not like Apple decided that VLC wasn't good for the App Store. They just don't want to be Apple. In, they would still carry it. Yeah, they just don't want to be involved in this right now. <laughs> they're just the, they're stepping aside. The developer aside. De- decided they did not want it on the App Store, listed on the App Store anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. Now I, I I've used it a couple times, but it's great on the PC, and I'm I'm enjoying it there. And uh, you know, it's a really great all-in-one kind of a video audio player for for your computer. Really, it's really good. Yeah. Try but it, it doesn't work very well on the iDevices. Yeah. Um, hey, another big thing, Apple. Apple's in the news a lot lately. The Apple Mac App Store has gone live. Uh, Apple pushed out the 10.6.6 Snow Leopard update, and it puts the little icon there in your system tray. And now you can download oh. apps. Uh, Flight Control HD, uh, Pixelmator, Cheetah 3D, also Chopper 2, which is getting a lot of sales. They got like $30,000 in one day. Uh, really, really a big thing. It's just kind of like iTunes, but just of Mac apps. Uh, I was able to update my Hackintosh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean my my uh, my other yes computer, and um, uh, runs just fine and looks pretty cool. I downloaded a couple of free apps just to try it out. Joe, have you uh, downloaded it on your MacBook? Uh, I have it installed on the MacBook. I did apply the 10.6.6 update, and I have browsed through the App Store, but I haven't actually downloaded anything yet. So 
I haven't really had the time to, to go through and do that yet. You know, uh, another big thing, an announcement that happened last week. I, this looks like an, uh, an, Evo, uh, an Evo, by the way, on this picture, is the uh, phone chargers are supposed to be standardizing in 2011. Now, this is happening over in Europe. Uh, but basically, this all came down after an agreement back in June of 2009 where 14 of the most prominent mobile telephone manufacturers agreed to a single standard. Uh, thanks to the good old European Union, and most of them are using the mini USB standard. Now, it's going to be very, very interesting here uh, what Apple does, because right now they're still using that 30-pin connector, and Apple was one of the companies that agreed to the, uh, to the agreement to come to, come to the standard. So my question is, obviously... I think this is going to happen here with mobile devices. You're going to, it's going to move over to here because manufacturers really don't want to make a couple of additions of one device. They really just kind of want to make maybe one or two SKUs and just that's it. They don't want to have to deal with it. So I think we're going to see this here. The question is, how is Apple going to handle you know, all these iDevices with the 30-pin connectors? Are we going to see like a 30-pin to mini USB converter? Or, I mean... Is that what we're going to see, Joe? I mean, I would ask John. John's already on the Evo. He loves his Evo. He's got a mini USB on that, right, John? Correct. That actually, yeah, that is the Evo in that picture. Yeah. So well, Joe, it, uh, it's important to note this is micro <coughs> USB, not mini USB. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Good point. Mini USB is the mini USB Type B port is the one that's often found in um, a lot of cameras and stuff like that. Use it. Yeah. It's so a this bit is the micro USB, one. which is the really really small plug. Um, which is getting more and more popular. My uh, All of our cell phones at work use it. Uh, my Android phone uses it. Um, and Motorola moved to it quite a while ago with their smartphones. Uh, if Apple will move to it, I have no idea. Uh, the original reason Apple developed the 30-pin connector was uh, they needed power and um, USB signal, obviously, but they also carried uh, video and audio uh, analog uh, over that to connect to the dock. Um It'll be interesting to see. Maybe you know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Uh, but Apple. But Apple is one of the companies that agreed for this new standard. They're they're in there with uh, Samsung, Nokia, and Rim Research in Motion. You know they make BlackBerry. So, what do you think? Well, Research in Motion has been using the mini USB connector for a long time. Um, so it makes sense for them to move to the micro USB. Uh, you know, they'll Apple will probably move to it. Who knows how long it'll take? Maybe that's what the announcement, uh, you know, on on Tuesday with Verizon will be. It won't be for a new Verizon phone. It'll be <laughs> adapting the current phones to uh, micro USB. Yeah, that's a huge announcement. They <laughs> they need they need to bring in everybody uh, to do that. That that makes perfect well, they, sense. They should. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see. You know, if if they do, it certainly it certainly gives them a lot more options um, in terms of hiding the port. Right now, the the 30-pin Apple dock connector is pretty much the biggest thing on the phone. And while it's not terribly unattractive, it's definitely not the prettiest connector you've ever seen. Um, although I'm not sure how you define connectors as being pretty or not. Uh, but uh, but it, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think this is actually supposed to be part of the GSM standard. Um, I remember hearing a couple years ago that GSM was, as a as a network you know system, was trying to standardize the power plugs. Um it's kind of sad that it's taken this long, but uh, it's it's definitely good. Uh, you know, I have, like I said, my um, 
my phone's all my uh, my Android phone and my uh, work cell phone both use the same plug, and it's nice to be able to not worry about the charger. You know, I can just plug one into the other. And actually, the new Kindle uses the same plug too. Couple more stories. Uh, by the way, we're sorry for running so long. We have so much stuff to talk about from CES. So much good stuff. CES week. That's what did yeah, it. That's and, what did it. And the whole freaking automated Stop appliances it. that Chase keeps bringing up. Oh, I thought you were going to go on about my my Man, we're gonna have two rant. No, <laughs> no, it's 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 the the whole you know. Look, your your washing machine is connected to the internet. You know who cares? Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can't do laundry this week. My my washer and dryer are fighting. I'm doing That's a right. washing machine podcast now. Shut the hell up. My, okay? my switch my switch went down, so I can't use my washing machine. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you you heard it here first. We're going to be talking about. We're going to have a, a podcast. We're going to call it I Wash and. Uh, <laughs> Geek Gamer Washing Machine. <laughs> I dry. <laughs> that will not be the title of the show. It's a little too long. Um, it's I dry. You know, when, uh, when, uh, <laughs> we talked about Skype before earlier in the show, and we got another Skype score, uh, story here for you. Uh, uh, Skype story. Uh, Skype has decided to shed the beta tag on its group video calling, and now it is a paid Skype service. Uh, you can uh, do a video teleconferencing uh, using Skype, which is really nice. We've used it, and it works really well when it does work. Uh, you can buy a day pass for 5 bucks. Uh, if you want a monthly subscription where you can do as many as you want, it's $9. And you can, uh, if you decide to buy a 3- or 12-month subscription over the next 30 days, you will get a 33% discount. But it's not too bad if you want to do it. We've used it here on the show, and if you have really fast, high-speed Internet connections, it works out well. Now they're going to try to make some money off of it. That's right. That way you can conference with your washing machine. <laughs> I know. I honestly, I think that that the version five of Skype is just been downhill from version four. I, I think uh, it's got more problems. Uh, it's less stable. They didn't even have a four, did they? I think they went from three to five. Whatever the previous <laughs> version. I mean, you know, the previous version before we moved to five, I was okay with it. It was it was relatively stable. Um, we didn't have very many problems. With it. The video was pretty smooth. You know, now with five, you know, Chase, you said earlier you're having some video problems. With, uh, you know, my video feed wasn't coming in very, very smoothly. And, I don't and you know, know, now the idea that if we want to bring in somebody else to chat, if they have video, we have to, you know, sign up. And and is this five bucks for one person in the video chat or every person in the video chat has to pay five bucks for the day pass? See, that's that's where I'm trying to get clarification because I'm looking for FAQs. I mean, I got to go in the forums and just find out because I'm, I'm going to be probably picking this up for us. And because really, it works out really well uh, when it does work. I can pull everybody on one screen, and I don't have to worry about having a Skyposaurus, if you will. You better talk to Leo then. Well, Leo has a Skyposaurus. Yeah. I mean, Leo, John, you know, he's he's got the money. Leo makes a couple million plus a well, year on his Twit no- broadcasting network. We're just us. Us. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, you know, this the fact that this is causing costing money. I, I'm surprised that there isn't a better or a, uh, a well-known or, or some kind of an open source solution coming out just to directly compete against this. You know, if there's not now, it sure seems like it's something that should be out soon. This wouldn't be uh, Geek Gamer Weekly if we did talk about gaming. And we did talk about gaming at CES, but um, I want to make sure that we give you guys the release twist for the week. <laughs> There's a release list uh, of stuff. Uh, a few games coming out uh, for uh, many different platforms, and um, I'll uh, make sure to link Mr. Uh, Joe Falby and John Kessler here. Let me link them real quick so they can kind of help me 
introduced. I, was say, I don't see it in the list. Yeah, I, I <laughs> didn't add it to the list because I forgot to. Oh, um, so I'll make sure they'll me. See, this is okay. this is what happens. You do it on the fly, and it, and it works out mm-hmm. well. So right now, it's now on the uh, on the rundown. Yay! Uh, so we have a, a f- uh, you know obviously past couple of weeks been really light in the gaming world. And now we got some games uh, coming out this week for the Nintendo DS. Just a couple of titles. We got uh, Kingdom Hearts Recoded and Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Uh, four titles coming out for the PC. We got Vendicta, which is a role-playing game. Spell Force 2, Faith and Destiny. Also have a an add-on here. Uh, Test, Drive 2 un- uh, Test Drive Unlimited 2 Casino Online. Okay. And then a very big title... Uh, for the role-playing, the massively multiplayer online role-playing game community, DC Universe is coming out as well. Now, Joe, any any uh, thoughts or heard anything much about DC Universe? I honestly haven't read too much about it because I'm not a MMORPG-er. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm sorry to say or happy to say that I'm not an MMORPG-er either. Uh, yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, I mean, it's... It's probably trying to compete with um, uh, City of Heroes, would be my guess. Sort of that direction, but they can actually use official names for their characters instead of having to be Captain Smartpants and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's coming out for the uh, PS3, uh, Joe? PS3 is going to see Test Drive Unlimited 2 Casino Online as well. Uh, It's also getting uh, Venetica. The uh, role-playing game that's coming out on the PC. Yeah, DC Universe Online is also coming out for the PS3. And uh, Prinny 2, Dawn of Operation Panties Dude, um, is coming out for the <laughs> PSP. I guess I skipped right into the PSP because it that's just right. flows smoothly together. moved into that. I mean, the title just you know kind of rolls off your tongue. With yeah. John, what's knows? what's coming out for, for the, not out for the I, Wii? For the Wii. I, I thought you were going to let me do the Wii. You, you're, you're our Wii guy. You always get to yeah. use the Wii. You, you get to play with the Wiis. I've got 101 Love. Sports Party Mega Mix. <laughs> it's 101, 101 in one. In one. That's, isn't that what I said? I thought you said 101 I said on 101 one. in one sports. I don't That's what I was attempting Whatever. to say. Yeah, okay. Rolling on, moving on is uh, Jam City Roller Girls. That's going to be a classic, right? There. All right, yeah. <laughs> Ro- and, Roller Derby is coming back in a big way. Yes, summary. Yeah. Okay. Um, soccer Bashi. Did I say that right? Bashi. Bashi. Yeah. Sure. Soccer okay. Bashi. Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, coming out for the Xbox 360. Uh, same titles that we talked about before: Test Drive Unlimited 2, Casino Online, Zite 2, and then Venetica. 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 There you go. It's a role playing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that that breaks it down. There you go, man. We had a very full episode. Thank you for staying with us, everybody. Uh, we talked a lot about CES. If there's anything that you uh, you know, that you pulled away from CES that you thought was really really cool, and we didn't talk about it, or that we just completely missed, because there's a lot of lot of neat items from the show, uh, please drop us a line. The email address is ggr at geekgamerradio.com. And by the way, that will be changing soon to something better and easier, because. You know, try to make it easy for you guys. It's that time of the month. It's that time. No. (laughs) Patch on. So, yeah, GGR at GeekGamerRadio.com. As always, we uh, we appreciate you guys listening and watching the show. And if you do enjoy it, uh, we would appreciate your feedback. If you do get us on the iTunes store, uh, please write a review. Rate the show. I mean, it just takes a couple of lines. Just, you know, tell us what you think. 
Um, also, uh, you know, we're on the Zune Marketplace, so you can find us there. And we're on the Tech Podcast channel on Boxy and Roku. All you got to do is go to the Tech Podcasts app, and then go to the video section, then the gaming section, and then you will find us there, Geek Gamer Weekly. Uh, let's see, anything else am I missing? Uh, actually, we had a request from the chat room that we do games we've played for the week, and we haven't done that in kind of a while. Didn't we do that last week? Uh, I don't remember doing it last week. Okay, fine. Let's do it, sure. Okay. Games of the week. Games that we played this week. John Kessler, you're up first. Um, I got to, I actually did spend a little time playing some Rock Band. Two. Oh, you did. You <coughs> took you took yeah, that's right. You took my Rock Band too. Two. And I well, of course I had to play with that fine new guitar we got. That's right. Those are nice. Mis- the, Those are so nice. The, the really hard wooden guitar. Yeah, the real thing. Yeah. And uh, and of course a little bit of Eve just to check in, make sure my skills were loaded and Yeah. <sighs> God. Okay. Yeah. We should start going to you for the MMORPG stories. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah Mr. I will not pay for any game on a monthly basis. Except Eve. Except, Except Eve. Eve. Yeah, and I had a total... Uh, all week, I probably had maybe half an hour in game. Are you going to say something like, I've played more Minecraft than you've played Eve Online again? I I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's possible. <laughs> it's not like, no. you know, I talk to you every day. <laughs> You should. I should. I do. I should totally up. Yeah. God, you guys suck, man. (laughs) No. Um. But that I probably yeah I probably spent more time messing with the. uh, Oh no! I see. Last week. Oh no! (laughs) It was. No. Yeah. That was uh, Monday night. Was bad. Chase wasn't even on. The uh, the other uh, shoutcast thing. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, somebody had a couple beers and then got on and three beers later. Uh, I wasn't drunk, but I sure was hungover the next morning when I went to work, and it's probably had to contribute to me being sick all week now. I, uh, for what I played over the past week, I I played for, uh, actually, I I was able to game a little bit. Um, I played some, see, I'm a sports gamer, so I played uh, some NBA 2K11, which, by the way, best basketball game I've ever played, period, on any platform. I was playing it on the PC. Great game. And also played... Uh, so a little bit of Rock Band 3 and also a little bit of Need for Speed Hot Pursuit for the PC. Just got it on Steam. And uh, now I'm itching to install Flight Simulator X. So I'll probably be doing that next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's what I, I got to play. Um, and by the way, I, I was actually gaming online last night on Saturday night with some NBA 2K11. I was streaming uh, my play so people can watch me play. And it was a lot of fun. I was chatting with some people because uh, I had the microphone up and I was just uh, playing away and that was a lot of fun. Um, so that's what I did. Uh, Brock said he saw it. Oh, oh, he's in there. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. So yeah, I got to do that. Um, and by the way, yeah, uh, I think you can get it on Steam for like twenty five bucks. And by the way, if I got up to thirty viewers, I was going to give a copy away, but I never got up that high. Hmm. So, but then again, it was impromptu. No one knew about yeah. it. I tweeted, but no one, no one tweets. Uh, Mr. Joe Falby, what did you play? Uh, this week, actually, I, I played through the um, Back to the Future new adventure game. I played all the way through episode one. It was a lot of fun, actually. It's pretty good. Really it got bad. me back into the mood to play some adventure games, so I picked up Lost Horizon, played a little bit of that, which is another adventure game. Um, not too bad. I, I played a little less than an hour of that. Uh, and then, I, I actually, the last few days, I've been playing uh, Metro 2033, which I actually was really surprised about. It's, uh, it's really good. It's a good FPS. So, at least so far. If only I'm only a few hours into it. All right. All right. Well, 
any any other chat room requests before we start uh, wrapping things up on this very long edition of uh, Geek Gamer Weekly? Any? And by the way, I don't think so. Oh, uh, actually, um, Bug is asking if we can do another uh, GGR game night. Absolutely. Uh, it's just a matter of setting some times and, and setting some things aside and uh, to do that. Uh, yes, I, I, we will, we will pick a day in the next sometime in the next two weeks. Um, too bad, Joe, you're unavailable next Sunday because you know since next Monday I'm actually off next Monday for Martin Luther King Day. That's part of why I'm going to be gone next weekend. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, well, we'll figure out something. Great request, Mr. Bug, which is Carrie, which we, yeah. which we have Friend him, of the show, Carrie. Friend of the show, Carrie, which we need to have him back on the show at some point. Should. Yes, we should. Actually, he should just show up here next week in place of you, Joe. That's there you I, go. That's That'd be good. Carrie, get a camera. Quick. You Do it. You have yeah, a, yeah you, get a camera and a microphone and... And, uh, and go, go, actually, go just steal Joe's snowball. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That works. Um, <laughs> st- steal Joe's ball. Uh, <laughs> Snowball. The Snow- microphone. That's right. Specifically the microphone. Spec- specify. Specify. That's right. That, that's right. <laughs> um, we want to just uh, remind everybody, you can grab our show online at geekgamerradio.com. And also, you can find us on the iTunes Music Store. Just do a search for uh, Geek Gamer Weekly. We have a video version and an audio version also, we're putting everything uh, that we do up on YouTube and Vimeo and also on the Tech Podcast Network. You can find us there. Really, you can find us in a lot of different places. Uh, we do want your feedback. We want to know what you like, what you hate, um, all that fun stuff. Just go to our website, geekgamerradio.com. On the right-hand side there is email us or GGR, whatever that button is. Just click on it. You, you know, just, just click just, the button. Just click the damn button. Just click uh, it. But by the way, if you want to participate during our show live, you can do that at live.geekgamerradio.com every single Sunday night. We started a little bit late tonight because John, that guy, yeah, that guy right there, yep. decided to uh, show up late. Oh, t- ten it's his minutes. fault. What a slacker! Ten minutes. It's his fault. Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, so anyway, I want to say a special thanks to Mr. Uh, Joseph Falby for joining us here on the show. He will be gone next week in, what, Phoenix? Is that where you said you're going? Uh, yeah, I'll be down actually in Mesa, just outside of Phoenix. Nice. Very cool. Enjoy the nice, should be it, nice warm weather. It's about the only time of year that I would be willing to visit Arizona. Ex- exactly. So Because otherwise gone. it's way too hot. So while you're gone, Carrie's going to go down to your house and steal your mic. That's what Sounds I'm like it. That's, yeah. that's what I would do. Your cat's going to let him in. Mr. John yeah, Kessler, our president of chat operations, holding down the fort there in the chat room. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Even Mr. Even though he's John. the one who broke the chat channel. Did he? Did he what happened? Can someone explain to me? Yeah, he added a, uh, a what tag happened? that Game Surge supports that's uh, restricted or, or something I, like that. You know, the weird thing is I did I, I voiced Dutchie. Yeah. Um, I went to add a uh, Delmar. Let me see. I have it in my chat log that's always running. I know. Um <laughs> I gave, oh, it shows here, yeah, you voice Dutch, uh, then you added the reserve flag or the, the restricted flag on the channel, and then you voiced Dalimar. Well, because the thing is, I clicked on in in Chatzilla that I'm using. I clicked on right-clicked on Dalimar and clicked on give half voice, half operator status. That's And then I it came up and said, oh, it doesn't recognize that thing. And then I, so I voiced him. You know, and then I after you pasted it, I scrolled back up and... 
I can, yeah, I can get that. Well, it's right at the top. All right, so John, our former president of Chat Operations. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mr. John. Uh, and I am uh, Chase Nunes. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you can follow me there, uh, at Nunes on Twitter, N-U-N-E-S. You can also follow uh, Mr. Joseph Falby on Twitter, and he's at Falby, F-A-L-B-E-Y. And also follow the show on Twitter where you'll get exclusive inside information when the show is live and much, much more, and that's at G-G Weekly. How simple is that? That's pretty simple. Uh, yeah, I but, follow all three. That yeah. And Joe just tweeted like a couple days ago, which was odd, which was incredibly... I did. I, it was, I was shocked. I was frustrated, so I figured the best way to share my frustration was with everyone that, you know, like 12 people on Twitter that follow me. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you do want to sh- join the show live, you, you can. Uh, you can join us Sunday nights. Uh, at We will be live at 8 o'clock Pacific time, uh, which will be 6 o'clock Hawaii time and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thanks for joining us on the show. We really appreciate it, everybody. And we end the show each week the same way. Hey, Mr. John over there, you? you. Yes. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. See you next week for another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. Ciao. Bye. Thank you.